Okay, good evening everybody. So, um, I wanted to start a, since we finished the Rabbeinu Yonah and his, uh, that piece on Mishlei, I wanted to do a piece in Sif Seichayim, uh, but which is by Chaim Freelander. I, I mentioned a couple of times his name. I've spoken about him over the years in my drushes. He um, is one of the great mashkichim of the past 50, 60 years. He was a mashkich of Panovich Yeshiva. He is one of the two or three greatest students of Rav Dessler, the author, author of Mechtem Eliyahu. In fact, he himself was the editor of multiple of those volumes. He was also unquestionably the most important person for uh, spreading and clarifying the works of the Ramchal. Uh, I did a few weeks ago the Ramchal's uh, piece on hope. That was uh, published in a book which he put out of the Ramchal's writings. He published many of the writings of Ramchal that were not published previously. Uh, he has a very important uh, work on Das Tunas, the knowing heart of the Ramchal, and he really put out uh, and edited many of the Ramchal's works, any questions in them. Obviously, even way before Freelander, um, the Path of the Just, Derek Hashem, uh, The Way of God were very popular works, but there were other works were not nearly as popular until uh, he really uh, spread the word. So he, he's, he died relatively young in his 60s. I think I spoke once or twice about the last months of his life. I know I said his letter once on Yom Kippur in the show. I've spoken about, uh, I'll tell you this story actually, just an amazing story. Uh, when he had his final illness, when he was told he had a few weeks um, to live, uh, so he went into a meeting in the Panovich Yeshiva. It's an amazing, amazing story. Uh, and I mentioned my drush, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, that he went into the, there was a meeting going on of the Hanhala of the administration of the Yeshiva, and he went to Rav Shach. I think he said he had two to three weeks to live. And he asked Rav Shach, um, and when he, the, he asked Rav Shach, what should he do with the last two or three weeks of his life? Should he try to finish Shas? Should he try to write a work? Should do chesed. What would you, what do you do if you you have a fatal illness? You have two or three weeks uh, to live, and Rav Shach told him uh, to work on his midos, to work on his character traits, which is an amazing thing. And I, and I spoke on this, uh, when I spoke at the time what it means to work on your character. That that's really the purpose at some level of life. And what Rav Shach was really telling him that the character traits that we have it's not just for this world. It's eternal. Like the people we become, that's what we'll be in the world to come. If we're generous here, we'll be generous there. If we're stingy here, here we'll be stingy there. If we're angry here, it will it will be we will be permanently maimed in the world of truth. And so, what Shach told him, it's an amazing, amazing story. Imagine, I, I if I didn't hear that story, I wouldn't believe it. Like, if two weeks to live, I would say, learn as much as Gemara, charity, go help people, do whatever. No, work on your character. And there's a lot to be said about it. I, I did speak about it a couple of years ago. Um, but that is Reb Chaim Freelander. So Reb Chaim Freelander uh, was the mashkich of the Panovich Yeshiva in 1967. In 1967, in the summer of 1967, of course, was the Six-Day War. And um, we, we, we uh, many of us know that it was a miraculous war. And Israel, of course, conquered, I think, three times its size, or more than that even, the whole Sinai Peninsula, uh, which today they call the West Bank in uh, the West Bank in Gaza, the Golan Heights, it was all uh, 
conquered, and most most importantly, the Kaisal was conquered, the the Yushalayim was reunited, Kevarachal was 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 taken, uh literally many of the uh most important places uh, in Judaism were taken. Now of course it would also uh create a real interesting political reality. Um it's better to have the political reality you have now than to have what the uh ambassador to the UN, Abba Ibn said in, said were the Auschwitz lines of having only a few miles between um, the, the 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 for Israel to be split. It means when the West Bank, if it ever be totally given back, it's 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 you can cut Israel in half in, in in minutes. So it's an extraordinarily dangerous reality. And the fact is, is that until 1967, Israel was always severely threatened. And when we talk about Israel being a powerhouse uh, militarily, it's not just that they have uh, an army or air force; it's that they have more land. If they, without that land. Uh, even the best army, the, the the line of error was so great. I mean, Jerusalem was was mortar. There were mortars that hit Jerusalem all the time from Jordan, uh, which uh, at that time, I mean, I, I, I once said this, that Rabbi Pesach Lerner told me that Rav Yashiv told him uh, in 1999 uh, that when they're talking about giving back Jerusalem, that if they do, he's moving out of Jerusalem because he already lost a child to the Jordanians uh, when they in 1948, when they were shooting mortar across 50 yards, uh, and he was not going to take he held his mamash pikuach nefesh. But having said that, the Six Day War, uh, we, you know, we know that Israel's in danger. We most people are, are not fully aware just how awfully dangerous it was. Really. Um, there were projections of genocide. I, I've, I've mentioned this. They were. There's a very famous political cartoon on the last week of May of this big, fat, like Saudi Arab, like this, like you know, sumo wrestler look with a, you know, big with a big sword and a little Jew like this, like a little Jew. And the projection was is that Israel was about to be annihilated, or even if not annihilated, badly damaged. You know, I mentioned the other night. That they were, they consecrated major fields, parks, all around Israel, preparing for tens and tens of thousands uh, of deaths. Um, the economic disaster, they, they, the, the ports were closed. Uh, politically, Israel had no allies. They had no allies. France, De Gaulle was a backstabber. Uh, Lyndon Johnson was relatively an, a- an ally who did nothing, uh, quite frankly. In fact, he kept trying to get, make sure Israel did not get into the war. He had no promises. Had Israel been attacked, uh, I don't think Lyndon Johnson would have done anything. Uh, he was more worried about the Russians than about Israel. I mean, he, uh, if you ha- in fairness, he didn't want to cause World War Three. Uh, but but he was not going to go send if Israel was was the Egyptians would be dancing in Tel Aviv. He would have done nothing. Um, so really, Israel had no human allies. You know. There was a general arms embargo. Seventy seventy three war was different, and that's a different parsha. Uh, but they know there's essentially an arms embargo at the time. De Gaulle, who France until nineteen sixty seven was the biggest um, uh, ally of Israel, uh, and not only was the biggest ally, the United States would come later. Uh, it was after sixty seven war, but it would also most of the Israeli weapons until that time came from France. And France, De Gaulle said, "You can't go to war." No matter what, you know, in fact, the Nasser was declaring war, shut down the straits, 
rallying hundreds of thousands of Arabs around the army, not just pe- millions of people, uh, against Israel. I mean, you just have to see the reality of it. Uh, so it, it was at that point when you were living in Israel, which today has kind of hard 9 million people, uh, of them almost six and a half, a little more than six and a half million Jews. Uh, and then I think it was at the 67 more about 2 million people. Uh, it was a small little country surrounded by uh, major armies supplied by the Soviets who were actually proactively helping these Arab countries uh, to destroy Israel. And if you were living in that moment, um, you, you couldn't but think that this could be a new Holocaust. That, that Rabbi Wine, uh, and he mentioned, actually it's funny, I've heard him say this, he wrote, he, he, he wrote in a few of his books, he was at the time a rabbi in Miami Beach, Florida, my hometown, and he said that it, it was the biggest change of events of his life. He said that in one week, the Shab- from Shabbos to Shabbos, the first the Shabbos before the war, literally when he spoke, he was crying in Shul, and everyone was crying in Shul. I mean, literally, they were crying in Shul. Like, I mean, just imagine 1967, the Holocaust was raw. Many of the people in Miami Beach, when I grew up in the 1980s there, uh, were survivors then, and they were living in Miami Beach from that time. You know, they were survivors. It looked terrible. Uh, and he said that the, he was crying and they were crying. And the next week, it was like Shechianu. There was Halal. There was Shechianu. Um, but this speech was given before the Shechianos and before the, the thanking Hashem for all the miracles that happened. And it, it, the, the way that they, the Sefer took was taken from the speech, and it's called Darche Aliyah, the path of growth, Bishas Tzaras Haklal, during a, uh, a time of Tzara, a time of tragedy, of worry for the, for the community, for the Tzibor, for the greater people. It means, how does an individual grow when there's a national, or in our case, international uh, tragedy? Omer Rabbi Yechanan, said Rabbi Yechanan, B'Shem Rabbi Kiva. Of course, Rabbi Yechanan lived a few generations after Rabbi Kiva, so he said it in the name of Rabbi Kiva, called Tzara Shehiyach Shehui Shoyachad Tzara, any, it's actually a Medrash Rabban Tvarim. Any tsara, any tragedy that's only belong, it's your tsara. Nobody else in the world is suffering from this. That's a true tsara. Any tragedy, it's not, it's not just of yachid, it's of millions or billions of people or, or hundreds of thousands. It's not a true tsara. Uh, he says, you know, he says it's a little bit like. Rashi says in Echa. Lamentations. Ma echmecha. Right? What should I tell you to, to, to console you? You know, part of the way you console a person, oh, this, he's also, she's also, they're also, you know, these therapy groups. What is a therapy group? It's an amazing thing. Uh, you know, I should mention the Holocaust. There are all kinds of groups of survivors. They meet together and they talk about their feelings. Why, why is that helpful? Um, well, one of the reasons that it's helpful, I'm not saying that the, the therapy groups are purely for that, but one of the reasons that it's helpful is because you don't feel it's just you. There are other people that suffered. Um, and that itself is partial consolation. Uh, that there, it, You're not in it by yourself. It's, or it's not just you. You're not, you're, there are other people who have had this, this reality. 
Uh, it's, that's a lot of the support groups. I mean, there's also part of the support groups is to give advice and to exchange ideas. But part of it is to feel that you're not alone. You're, there, there, there are other people who are suffering this. Aploni also, it's really, at some level, a form of consolation. From here stems uh, the refrain, if it's a tzara of the masses, that's chatsi nechama. That's really half of the consol- uh, consolation. It's actually a consolation. You know, if God, you know, which is interesting, like, you know, if we were, if an individual we forcibly, uh, you know, put into isolation, and they would be the only people isolated, um, it would be, you know, very painful. Why just me? But if everyone's doing it, it may be very, very, very challenging, but you don't feel it's just you. So there's there's a reality of being part of a tragedy or a, a tzara that other people are experiencing as well. Of a Bahagasha zoo, says Rafulina, but with this feeling is Tmuna is it, 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 it lies there as a kind of the spiritual danger that the individual who's you know who it's him the, he or she won't f- get the true benefit of this sorrow of this tragedy of this danger of this reality and you want to get to the purpose of why Hashem made this in the first place. It's only when you feel it's your message, it's this is your punishment, or this is your wake-up call, or this is your personal tragedy. And he can be motivated to, to better his actions, to refine them. So if you feel it's, it's a message for you personally, then there's hope that you'll change. There's hope you'll do tshuva, there's hope you'll better yourself, there's hope that you'll, you'll connect to God. This is obviously going to connect to Bitochan, which is what we've been talking about, but it's a general thing. Not only will it, is there hope that you and I will connect to God differently if it's, we view it as a personal reality, uh, but everything, tshuva, fixing ourselves, improving ourselves, all of that, the, the way you get that is if you think, it, it's a wake-up call to you as an individual. If you're just, you're the wrong person in the wrong generation at the wrong time, that's something about you. And that necessarily is it a message for you to improve your ways. It's an amazing medrash. Really good. When God said it was really, well, during the creation, it was tova mi'od. What was a tova mi'od? Zumidas hisurn. That is the mida of creating tragedies, travails, uh, painful realities. Uh, I would tell, are you a masochist? Sadist? Yisurin is good? We don't look for Yisurin. You know, somebody cuts themselves, hurts themselves, punches themselves, stars themselves, financially ruins themselves. You know, you're crazy. What are you doing? You don't hurt. God, you're not supposed to hurt yourself. You're supposed to damage yourself. Yeah, by the way, whenever you see someone smoke, you think they're a moron, but that's a different thing. Uh, you know, I mean, you certainly don't bring you don't bring that upon your, your, your yourself. Um, 
And that's toiva me'od. In fact, it's, by the way, to, for us to bring in a parashat, parashat forget, for, forbidden for many reasons. Uh, but when God does it to us, against our will, toiva me'od is really good. What does that mean? That's not a pella. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. But it's through this, it's through Yisurim, it's through being shaken up, having, you know, getting out of cruise control, being forced to wake up. That's how a person gets to Olam Abba. Right? We, we all want life comfortable. I want, I'm a, we all want life comfortable. I'm, I'll tell you right now, I, I, you know, my dream is that, uh, no, it's actually, I shouldn't say my dream, but I would think, let me dive in peacefully, let me, you know, learn, let me have space, let me get good night's sleep, let me get good meals, you know, a little fresh air, like, and we can learn, serve God, and that's the best way. No, 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 no. And all my kids would be, well, they go to sleep at time, and was, uh, I'll say something, they'll jump. Wow, you know, like, would that be great? Uh, that is actually a dream. But, uh, right, you know, just everything goes smoothly, you know, uh, you know, fundraising goes, well, this guy as well. well what the, what, what, who wouldn't want that? You wake up, you never have an, an iota of pain. That's like the, the American dream. You know, you ever see, like, they have the signs, dream bigger, you know, you know, win big, you know, you, you, you know have more money, more pleasure, uh, all of that. That's, you know, that's the whole world of consumerism. It's pleasure, comfort, comfort. Um, Mary says that it's Yisurim. Yisurim, it brings to Olam Haba. As Rabbeinu writes in the Gates of Repentance, Shari Tshuva, Sharbez, Avetayd Avetaskil, know and contemplate. Ki Musar Hashem Eitzparach, when you get Musar, when you have a challenge, you know, we fight, like, we'll blame, and I mentioned this, but it does happen, and it's happened to me even very recently during COVID. Somebody comes to me, like somebody else is ruining their, their lives. Like, forget there's no Hashem. But, it, that, and I spoke about that recently. About like, we look at we're scared of man, and we focus on man, and we forget about Hashem. This is much different. Let's say they even believe there's Hashem. So, but Hashem is causing it. No, no, you don't realize. If for whatever reason you need this, this is a wake-up call for you. This is some rectification, some tshuva, some reality you need. It's for your best. It's Kimusra and it's a Musr. Sometimes the messenger is a cold, or, or, or a, 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 you get financial difficulties, and sometimes the messenger is a bad f- person. Sometimes the messenger is um, COVID, and you're in Hashem's. There's many messages that, that, that it goes, that, that, you know, everyone on their own frequency that it's going to affect, but whatever it may be. Whenever a person is a child, it's not, no one ruins your life. If this person would disappear, then that's because Hashem chose at this moment. You know, that's the test. The tests that we have in life come from Hashem. And anything which we do what we're supposed to not listen. You have a bad person, you should move, stay away from them. You have sickness, take your medicine. You know, you, know, you have a job, do your job, whatever. Maybe we have to do our part. But what, once there are many things that we do not look for that come our way, and sometimes they are intractable for periods of time in our lives, they're there. We just so that is the tayva sa'adam. Why in the world do I have to have this difficulty? You know, there are people who have real challenging relationships, whether they're in-laws or blood relatives or friends, or um, you know, they have a, a work, whatever it may be. 
it's for Tevis Adam. If people have health conditions, whatever, the Tevis Hashem, people have dreams, and it's not feasible. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, I am, um, actually, I, I see Mrs. Marmot's here. She had, she has, her, her child had it at some level. I was dealing with a real serious case very recently of a, a couple that got married, um, and there's immigration problems. Like, really, one spouse just cannot get into America. Uh, I, you, know, you know, it's not our, our favorite South Africans. There's different people, and they really, it's a tremendous stress. You can't, I mean, some people could probably imagine, it's a tremendous stress with a couple's divided, and um, it is like, like, fix it right away. And why, tell me one good thing that comes from this. Like, it should be elementary. And, and, and assuming that we're doing, our, for whatever reason, that, that that is the, you know, the reality. But a person has to know, it's not that this is good. It's not that it's good. It's that the, the difficulty is good. It's not that the Gamzo Tova, like, let me get an example. Uh, and, I, and I said this one, okay, but I think, you know, I always, I my own reality, you know, again, we talk on, I don't like to tell my whole story, but I, it's, since I'm giving the shear, I'm just sharing my reality. If anyone of you would give it, I'm sure you would share yours, because that's how you learn to be talking. You know, I'm named after my two great-grandfathers, both murdered in the Holocaust. My mother's parents, I should have been born. Like, my mother's parents had different spouses before the Holocaust. My mother is a product of two people who lost their first spouse. Like, I am the a product, my, from my name to my essence, of, of the Holocaust. Fine. But... My my the craziest thing um, is that my mother had a half sister who was born in 1942 in Poland. Who has a, a crazy story how she was given away as a kid, and my my mother's first spouse got killed in the ghetto, and she was given to a judge. A crazy story. Uh, when my grandparents had tickets, they were on uh, tickets to go on a boat to Israel, and. Um, they were, they were set to go on a boat to Israel, and what happened then is is that my aunt, my other half sister, who's considerably older, she got a sickness, she could not go on the boat, and then we're all, then the, the war started in Israel, so my grandparents couldn't go to Israel, and they ultimately came to America. So when I, when, and it was like literally, you know, a day or two before they were on that boat. I mean. First of all, you're stuck with me because of that. I would never be in America, most likely. I'd probably be somewhere in Israel. But I'm positive. I just knowing where, where my grandparents were after the war, that had they went to Israel in 1949, um, they most likely ended up secular because just the way the whole dynamic of what Israel was then. Um, I mean, so the Hashkacha I see. The Hashkacha, I'm positive. The Hashkacha of that moment that my grandparents went to America and not to Israel was a tremendous hashkacha. And let's say you're bidding in that. You, you see hashkacha. Okay, we know it's for the good. That it's going to work out where my life is going to be good. But it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. The hashkacha is nishna. It's not just that this, whatever you or I happens to me or you, is for the good. The pain, the disappointment, the sickness, it's the, the opportunity to be scared. The, the real fear of death, that itself is good. It's not just good, it's toiva mi'od. It's actually the catalyst for growth in life to get a person to the Olam Haba. Because if it's easy, you won't get to Olam Haba. Where you, I mean, you'll get to Olam Haba, you just won't get to where you should be. You know, you will be uh, 
on a lower level. If life, you know, if, if Avram Avinu didn't have the Akeda, we'll, we would be perpetually lower the Jewish people forever, and Avram Avinu certainly would be lower, as would Yitzhak. Means that, and, and it wasn't like Sarah didn't die from that. Now, I'm not why Sarah died. I gave a drusha at least twice about that for right now. But the reality of that of that trauma, don't know for sure the trauma. We talk about Avram passing the test, but you have to imagine, like you know, going there. He was, he was a servant of Hashem, but that emotional. Well, Hashem wants I want, but you think Avram was like, you know, Hashem wants I want, but you don't think he inside it doesn't hurt a little bit. That pain. That reality, whatever it is, being sick, being having financial difficulties, missing the boat, and you think my grandmother, my grandmother, my, who never did get to Israel in 1948, she she was she always wanted to live in Israel as a kid. She's just you know her life. She grew up very Hasidic. She's very interesting. My Bobby was a quite interesting person, but she you know and ultimately she, she we buried her in Israel because that was her life dream. You know when she missed that boat, I'm sure she was disappointed. Right? I'm sh- I'm positive she was because I know I know how she felt about living in the land of Israel, um, but that forget the hashkacha, the fact that I think I'm po- not think I know that it worked out so much better that they came to America. Not that America is better than Israel, much better than America. So you're in the land of, but for them at that time, it's for sure it's the best thing. Positive hashkacha, but it's not just the hashkacha. It's the Yisurin allow a person to you know to work on themselves. Being in a situation of difficulty, even though we're, it's forbidden to bring it upon to yourself, we look to, and we and it's obligatory to try to get out of it. As long as Hashem decides that you're in that cha- challenge, right? Um, it's actually toiva meot. It's really good. Uh, and, I, and I actually I made this point in the beginning of COVID uh, that it is an opportunity, uh, and that's because as we just said over here. It's the Aliyada Habrias Bayim Lachayalhabat. Through that you can get to true Ailam Haba. Um the the Teda, as again Rabbi Yuna says, Shari Chuva and Gates Repentance, the Teda Vitasko, Kamusha Shamisbach, you should know and contemplate and contemplate that the Musr, the hard knocks of life of Musr that is custom made for you and I is for our own good. Kimchat Musr Hashem, the Musr Hashem is helpful for two reasons. Number one, the challenge itself is an atonement. Having difficulties, having challenges itself is an atonement. Um, and it takes away the spiritual damage of the sin. Because unfortunately, uh, whenever a person sins, there's two realities to that sin. Number one, any Avera, purposeful or by mistake, um, it, there is not a, a form of rebellion, and I discussed why even uh, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm learning Shuvah now. Why even uh, careless things is at some level, albeit much lower, uh, an aspect of rebellion against Hashem. And number two, there's spiritual damage. You you, you actually, when a person God forbid sins, there's the, it, it damages our soul. That that the. the, the the difficulties, the challenges, the stresses, the yisurin, the afflictions, so the, so it's the affliction, they cleanse a person of the spiritual damage. They take off the muck to, so that you can have, uh, be, be atoned for. Number two, um, is to rebuke them. That you should leave your bad ways. Or leave your imperfect ways. Some people are it's not even bad. It's just for them. It's bad. Right? It, if you could be 
a superstar and you're, you're going on cruise control, that's bad. That's a failure. Um, you know, if Einstein uh, would have become a fifth grade a physics teacher, actually no one's physics in fifth grade, okay, a ninth grade or tenth grade physics teacher, and that's all he did his whole life, that would have been a tragedy. Um, if, um, I don't know, some baseball, football player would have been in, in, in the high school leagues and that's it. They could have been the all-star player. That they, they failed, right? Uh, and, and obviously, if you could be the Chavetz Chaim, if the Chavetz Chaim, like, we, do you know, there's not a day of our lives, whether you realize it or not, not a day in any religious Jew's life that we're not beneficiaries of the Chavetz Chaim. It's amazing that the Chavetz Chaim changed the world. Right. In many ways, from halacha to lashon hara to an act of piety, imagine the Chavetz Chaim um, would have been just like an average guy, not a sinner. We've learned he died, came through many a daf yomi Jew, a daf yomi Jew. Nothing. Daf yomi Jew is already a crown. It's an amazing thing. But he would have been the Chavetz Chaim. That would be such a loss. And the Chavetz Chaim himself, we know that he had major tests in his life. Major, major tests, many points in his life. In his youth, he had serious tests. That made him toiva me'od. It forced him to be toiva me'od. Vashiz, um, it's a takeaway from bad or from mediocrity. So if tsaras are come to a person, he la iris libo la chuba. It's really to motivate, to arouse the heart of the tshuva. Lechen And it's talking to Panovich Yeshiva in May 1967. He said, in now an hour tzara, right? His tzara, in 1960, I would, I would much rather be in today, in COVID, uh, first of all, because put me here today, and, I, and if I was supposed to be in 1967, then I would have been born then, and... Then that would have been my test. So Hashem put me in this test and not in that test. So that's, first of all, I'd like Hashem, Hashem put me. I don't have to change that. But really, the, the, when you, the, at least on paper, the, if I'm looking at May 1967, you, you're literally looking at um, massive loss, the minimum, and the worst case scenario was really genocide. Like complete, the Israeli armed forces would have lost the war in 67. And the, lo- the, the losing of a war in 1967, what, what, you, you just look, if you ever get bored, look at Nasser, look at the speeches he gave, and the millions of people of Cairo slaughter them, throw them into the sea, and they're rallying, they're screaming. I mean, that is not a joke. Right? They're screaming their heads off. By the way, I don't think the Arab world is capable of that today for many reasons. They're, they're so divided. But in 1967, they weren't. Um, and they're screaming... Murder them! Throw them into the sea! And they're screaming and they're giving these speeches. Right. The, the 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 danger was the genocide. I mean, so it's he's speaking to the yeshiva about you and me growing, individual growth, using the moment for growth. I mean, what do you? What is most people thinking? They're saying they want to say to Helen, save the world, save Israel. They're worried about they're they're not worried about character growth. Chuva, they're just, it's like today, by the way. Oh, the COVID, most people, they want to survive. They want to get to their groceries. They need their toilet paper. You know, when I'm getting back to work, my finances are getting, you know, ah, chuva, chuva. How many people? They go thinking about Hashem. Changing their lives. You know, certainly nothing, none of the media is telling you that. Uh, so he's telling, no, no, 
So how do you work on yourself at this moment? And he's not just talking about bitachem. That's that's uh, that for sure. Uh, the first thing he says, says our freelander, to strengthen ourselves in call and to inculcate, to, 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 you know, to understand for ourselves that this gezeira, this decree is not just a decree on the, on, on the Jews of Israel. Like it's just a spread out reality. It doesn't really, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not, it doesn't really affect me as an individual. It's, it, it's a, it's a tsar haklal, that all the Jews in Israel were in mortal danger. Elohim no gas, no. The first of says, he's on the yeshiva with a bachram. The first thing you need to know is, you know, gas is called yachar v'yachid. Should be yachid mahamis klal tzibur. First of all, the tzibur um, is made up of individuals. It's made up of uh, of individuals. I can klal work on maharbi yachidim. It is in the closet of many, many individuals in a kashbarchu in a mitzilapayal. Gezera al-class is an amazing thing. You see, the, the, start to imagine the galas of Hashem. In any tzara, each individual, each individual, every drop of pain or pleasure or any moment of life is the Hashem. So here you have this general danger to the land of Israel, to every single Jew. Mortal danger, mamish mortal danger, to every single Jew in 1967 in the land of Israel. And in that reality, and, you know, they, they were in shelter place, by the way, in Israel, in, in, in the May. They were closing the lights at night. They didn't know when the war was going to start. People, they, they shut down the whole Israeli economy, by the way. One of the, you know, Israel could, it actually, this is a fact, they, Israel had a time limit to start the war because it was not... Israel in 1967 was a third world, essentially third world banana republic. They, had a, they, they were supported largely, largely by a few trades. They, they the diamond market, a little, bit, some, a little bit of tourism. There's no tech. They were not... They were a third world country. Um, they, one of the basic was Israeli bonds. Like today, Israel bonds like, you know, uh, an artifact of the past. But in those days, American Jewry was, was really, in those days, not today... Largely responsible for the financial, or or or, or essentially largely, um, heavily, uh, a, a large chunk of the finance of Israel came from American Jewry, um, and you know the economy had to shut down. They were they were they didn't have a choice. They were going to go to war, or 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 they they couldn't they couldn't exist that much longer, right? They they really really were in a bad situation, and in that every single person, whoever they were. Wherever they were in the country, whether they they were terrified or they there people with health issues or they had financial issues, everything was decided by Kashbrach. There's a shkacha in everyone's situation and challenges and difficulties. Um, it was decided by Hashem uh, and not one person would have even a bissel, even a little bit of challenge that was not decided from Hashem. It's not ancillary. It's not incidental. L- literally everything that a person gets, who's getting in the times, and this certainly no get today, so Germain today, was was my gilu b'din shemayim 
Kmo Shibir Hagayin of Yisrael Salanter. It's a pasuk. The pasuk says in the Torah, "Nazinu Hatzur Tamim Palo Kelimuna Ve'Ein Avar." Say where it is or here. Yeah, actually, that's very I knew it was an Azina of the Sheriff. Okay. Satsur Tan Palaki called Rach of Mishpat, Kelamuna Vain Aval Tzadik Fiyashahu. I had Sur the rock perfect is his work, for all his paths are justice, a God of faith without iniquity, righteous and fair is he. Hatsur Tan Palo. Rashi brings down, before I say what he says, Avabishu Chazak, even though Hashem is strong when he brings Peronius tragedies to the world on those who break his will, it's not Beshetev, it's Tampala, everyone gets exactly their thing. And then Kelamunah, he pays back to the Tzadikim, the righteous, the, the wicked. Says Rabbi Saul Salanter, though. He benoig Shiva'olam im ish nidon lemaser lemeshach zman ma'avar sh'avar choykamalkas you know, in the world, in the world, let's say a person gets punched, they get thrown into jail. He gets, he's punched for his crime, but not his wife and children. Did they do anything wrong? Did they do anything wrong? Why are they punished? It's actually, when you think about it, it's much worse. This guy sins, and his family get punished. Or his employees get punished. Or his friends are lose out. Everyone, if, uh, if a family person, if a boss, if something happens, there's lots of loss to lots of people. And they did nothing wrong. Maybe uh, you know, in, 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 even in those cases, we're not talking about people who were aiding and abetting. Sometimes they were, and then, then they were getting their due, ju- their due, their due, their due, due justice. But very sometimes they have no idea, or it was a case, you know, a guy was driving and he just lost track for something. There's a manslaughter case, so the guy gets sued, and the whole family loses out. Like, it, so what we call justice in our world is not really, it's not really justice, because lots of secondary ancillary people could suffer, really suffer, for one person's judgment. But in the world of Hashem's Mishpat, it's not Enoken. Palo. If any individual, if anyone, anyone's child, spouse, friend, parent, sibling, boss, friend, you know, anything happens to anyone, everyone, when that thing happens, Hashem has everyone who's going to be affected in mind. That, that, that is how Ashkacha works. As Tamim Palak, one bit of pain or damage will happen to those who don't sin. And it could be that sometimes, for, because of the effect on other people, this person can't get punished because it will affect uh, other people and it has to happen in different ways. That's why the, um, the Gemara says in Shabbos, if one person in a group dies, the whole group should be scared. Why? 
Asim Shikorlan. They're all suffering. They're all crying. What happened to their chaver, their friend, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their friend, the person that they, they care about, their relative, God forbid, right? That means they lost out. That means when this person suffered, there was a gezerah on them as well. At some level, they needed to have this tsar. The, 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 the actual justice is of, of judgment and justice is spread out of them, and therefore you have to be careful to do tshuva or to, to, to change. Um, we're going to hold here. It's actually several days ahead of us, uh, but I think really uh, the words that he's going to be talking about um, that in the reality of a tzara, in any tzara, there is a message for all of us, and there is a responsibility for all of us. And, you know, we talk, we've been talking about faith and trust and hearing Hashem's message, but at the end of the day, and that's where we're heading to now, that faith, that trust, has to translate to action. And we'll be talking about that in the few days ahead of Mitzvah Hashem. So we're going to hold here, uh, and we will pick up next week. Okay, everyone have a good night. There will be Tehillim tomorrow.